Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Suffer the Little Children. Also, the V-Team takes a look at the repeal of the military widow's tax. And it's Christmas at the State House. Go. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. They'll be back in around 40 days. Oh, repeat three times. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Beth Clayton, attorney at law and democratic strategist, Susan Britt, associate editor of APR and guru of statistics and analysis, right? <laughs> yes, thank and you. Josh Moon. Uh, guru of nothing. Yeah, you're a pretty guru. Uh, you know, you got a Buddha thing going, though. A Buddha? Yeah, you're very... I'm, I'm Zen-like? Yeah, very Zen-like. I bring a calmness? Yes, you do. Do what? I'm looking for. I'm uh, calmness to the people. Josh Moon, columnist huh? for APR and investigative reporter. We're happy you're here today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Speak for yourself, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You know. Calm. 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 Josh is one of the least ruffled guys I have ever known. He just doesn't get ruffled. No. You no. can't tell that in his columns. He yeah. sounds no. like he is irritated all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a healthy outlet for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't get irritated as much as I get, you know, just kind of, I can't believe the way some people behave. You do not, you do not uh, suffer fools well. I do not. All no. right. Susan, you, you had an opportunity to go over to the, the, the governor's office mm -hmm. and with other journalists this week, and she had a little bit of a gathering for y'all, mm -hmm. and it was an off-the-record event. But how did the how did the governor look? She looked great. Uh, it was it was a nice event. We had, you know, uh, homemade cider and some fruitcake and all of that. We got to sit around, no notebooks, no recorders, and just chat with the governor and and each other. She looked great. She was on her game, um, witty as ever. Yeah, we had a great time. All right. Well, y'all look great. You and Charlie bookending Wait. the governor over there. But you said it was reporters. What's uh, Todd Stacy doing in the picture? Uh, <laughs> Ow. Hey, I, bet, I bet Kaysen recorded the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Better party yeah. of one. I, no, I just missed the press room. I miss y'all. Yeah. I don't get to hang out with y'all for 20 you know, hours a, a, a day. Friend, I know, right? A friend of ours who's from uh, Germany said, Oh, she looks like a queen. Oh, and, whoa, uh, whoa. don't tell her that. Germany? What's wrong with reporters we got here? <laughs> anyway, the governor's looking good. She's sharp. She's doing well. Uh, Josh, you know, this is a report that just came out from the Committee to Protect Journalism. It's a uh, worldwide independent organization that promotes journalistic freedom. Mm -hmm. They're reporting that over 250 journalists are behind bars throughout the world. Now, 
here in Alabama, currently there are no incarcerated uh, journalists and in the United States. Because there's no room in our prisons. There are no. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's no room in the prisons. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, well, that's true. And, and again, I don't say that light, lightly no, no, because uh, there are journalists that have been put in jail and fined in mm -hmm. the United States. Come close once more. Uh, yeah, and I have too. I, I had a circuit court judge uh, tell me that he would put me in jail if I wrote something. And I said, well, you're, you'll be violating my First Amendment right. And he said, yeah, but you'll still be in jail. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so. you, can, you can write about that from prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how that works. But this is serious in a time where we're, we hear fake news, we hear the press is enemy of the state. Mm -hmm. There are people that are jailed because of fake news laws and because they're considered enemies of the state. Yeah, it is. A, it's a tough time, uh, you know, a lot tougher in some places around the world than it is here. Mm. But, you know, the, the press in, in America has, has suffered a pretty tough time over the last few years, especially uh, under the, you know, the current administration and kind of the attacks on, on media that have been out there. And, you know, I, but I don't necessarily think it started there. It no. was, you know, it, it started way back when people became such snowflakes that they couldn't, you know, handle facts being given to them. Uh, you know, you see it not just in news, but in sports reporting as well, where you have, you know, the division of, of team sites where people can go and hear only positive information about the teams that they follow and like. Right. It's kind of worked the same way in politics. Now, you can go to MSNBC, or you can go to Fox, you can go to whichever one that feeds what you want to believe about the party that you have. And so then uh, the natural response from these people is, well, that's fake. That's all fake <coughs> nonsense over there. And they shouldn't even have a voice. But with that, though, Josh, like, I, I push back a little bit just because, you know, I, I do try to listen to at least the major three mm -hmm. news a little bit every day. I want to see what Fox is saying, even though I, I'm a Democrat. Mm -hmm. um, but what I hear them say, like, th what they profess to be facts about Democrats are largely opinions. And often what the Democrats profess to be facts about the Republicans mm -hmm. are largely opinions. And we've got to get away from trying to market opinion as fact and get to where, okay, let's agree on the common set of what's happened, mm -hmm. and now we can spin it all day long and talk about how we feel about that, but even the facts aren't even consistent across the board anymore. And Bill and I were talking earlier this morning about how during, just to compare the times, back when the impeachment trial of Richard, Ni Nixon. Richard Nixon was going on as mm -hmm. to today, what was reported at that time on three networks were just the facts mm -hmm. of what was going on and not the spin. And I think it, it, the spin has gotten pretty dangerous. It's gotten large. And the reason is, is because people have realized that there's profit and yeah. propaganda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, that's 100%. I mean, it, it, and, and we can say all day long that we want the news organizations to be better about presenting opinion as facts. Uh, the problem is, is that it, it's profitable yeah. uh, to present it's those right. opinions as yeah. facts. That's, that's what right. people want. That's and right. until the consumer changes, yeah. uh, then the people that, that's giving them what they want, <coughs> they're not going to change. And I don't think it does. But one of the things we have to be very proud of is uh, Birmingham is going to host the World Games in 2021. Uh, they estimate it's going to bring some uh, a quarter of a billion dollars into the city. And Nick Sellers... Alabama Power's Nick Sellers, great guy, is the CEO leading that effort, Beth. <coughs> and Nick is a young man who's had a sports background, but primarily he, he is for the last 16 years worked for Alabama Power, but now he's leading this tremendous effort to bring good things to Birmingham. Oh, yeah, this is really exciting. And, I mean, the city is already getting behind it. If you walk through the Birmingham airport, you'll see 
you know, home to the 2021 World Games. And so it's, just, it's very exciting to see Birmingham getting some positive press and hopefully something that we can all work together on to make a successful event. Well, Susan and I went to the World Games in New York. We did. We had and, a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun, a great time, good family event. And uh, we know Nick's going to do a great job. He's mm -hmm. just one of the rising stars in the business world here. It's kind of the, kind of the lead into the uh, to the Olympics. Yep, that's uh, right. You know, it has a lot of the same games, a lot of the same stuff that goes on, a lot of the same athletes. Yep, yep. Going to be a big deal for Birmingham and the state of Alabama. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas. We'll be right back. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. While the merry bells keep ringing, Happy Holidays to you. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. Hey man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill the family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. 20 bucks. It won't buy much in the way of Christmas cheer. Yet it means plenty of hope for the homeless. Your $20 feeds 10 at the Jimmy Hale Mission. The more you give, the more we feed. Help us nurture those with nothing else and show them the true spirit of the season. To give, please call 323-5878 or visit jimmyhalemission.com today. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year all our troubles will be out of Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Uh, Josh, a story you, you've continued to follow. And, just uh, won't die. It just will not die. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we, as we've talked about it, we have charter schools in mm -hmm. Alabama. We do. And it's not that everyone is necessarily against charter schools. What oh. we're against, those of us who care about education, we're against bad charter schools. Mm -hmm. And this lead academy in Montgomery, first charter school in Montgomery, mm -hmm. uh, headed by Charlotte Meadows, who is a state representative. I don't know how she gets by with that. That sounds like double dipping. It's still to me. not double dipping somehow. Uh, yeah. But they have so many problems that teachers have quit in droves. They're hiring teachers that are unqualified or mm -hmm. uncertified. Uncertified. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also you know, unqualified. Probably unqualified. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a disaster there. It has been. And, and you know, and I think you made a good point is you know, when you write stories like this, or you write opinions and you call out the the folks that are they're hit, heading up a, a bad charter school. 
the, the automatic assumption is, well, you're just an anti-charter school or anti-school choice or right. whatever. Uh, I'm not. There are really, really fantastic charter schools. There are a couple in this state uh, that, that are pretty good charter schools. And, and the, but the difference is that they serve a purpose. Uh, you know, a, a purpose, and they address a need outside of the traditional public schools uh, for a community. And there are a bunch of needs in the Montgomery area that could be served by a charter school that comes in and takes care of a population of kids who have been traditionally underserved in, the, in this city. Uh, this one is not that. Uh, it has never been that. It failed pretty much every test before it was approved. How it ever got approved, nobody can look you in the eye and tell you. Yeah. Uh, it, it, when we set this thing up and they went before the commission, they, the, the commission could not explain to anybody why they were approving it. Right. And so the problems that they're having are things that everybody who looked at that objectively beforehand knew they were going to have. And it is an absolute mess. There. Well, they're not even doing background checks. I mean, how do we know that we don't have pedophiles over there or, yeah. you know, people that have, have committed outrageous crimes of some sort? Uh, I, I mean, just Roy the, they're not still doing, in Gallant, so yeah. we're safe. Uh, they're not doing the basic I, I, stuff no, here. But, I mean, they've lost their, their, the people say to us, like, the, that it's dangerous, mm -hmm. it's the problems are not being addressed, mm -hmm. that it is a four-alarm fire mm -hmm. as far as administration goes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it got so bad that Soner Tarum, is that his yeah, name? Soner Tarum. Soner Tarum, who is a sort of a guru of all these <coughs> charter schools, and some call him a scam artist. He's, all, he's very controversial. Yes. Uh, he is seemingly left the entire organization. Now, this is a guy who has a questionable reputation mm -hmm. in Texas mm -hmm. and in other places, and it's so bad over there from what we hear that he won't even put his stamp of approval on it. Yeah, he can't, uh, and uh, it all boils <coughs> down, I think, to money uh, on that, and, and they're, they're unsure of the future of what's gonna take place there because, you know, I, don't, I think if you go over now and, and you were to get an honest report from the teachers because when I say that there are numerous teachers who have, who have given me information about this, I, I, I would hesitate to put a number on it just because I'm afraid it might identify the entire staff. Uh, but, you know, uh, honestly, it's, it is a number of people there, and I think once the school year is over and these current contracts are done, I think a lot of those folks are going to run the hell away from that place as fast as they can. Uh, and I don't know how many people are going to be willing to go back over there, given the way that they've been treated by this bunch over the last few months. Well, and, and Charlotte Meadows, bless her heart, was basically a Riley Pawn mm -hmm. who has pushed charter schools and this type of, mm -hmm. what I consider the bad side of, of these type of programs. And she finally ran enough for the house in, in Montgomery that she got it because she just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Mm -hmm. But I don't see, Beth, how she can lead this school and be a representative in the, uh, the uh, Alabama House. I don't see how she can do that. Yeah, her electoral win, <coughs> one of those like a broken clocks, right twice a day situations. Right. Um, yeah, and I, don't, I haven't studied this law very closely, but it's my understanding that if you are a school teacher in a normal public school, or you're a coach or any other administrator, that you have to retire or resign from your position before you can take your seat in the legislature. So I don't understand. Maybe there's an well, exemption for Yeah, I think what, where they're getting around it is, is that she, she's on the board and she's saying she's not taking a salary. 
from, from this. And so she's just serving as the board president. And she uh, doesn't which, profit in any way. Yeah, but, you know, at, at the same time, you have to wonder, well, there's going to be charter school legislation that comes up that's yeah. going to directly affect the yeah. school, right. so why would that be okay? Yeah. 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 You know, but uh, I think, you know, she has approached, from what I understand, she's approached the folks over at the Ethics Commission. Okay. And, you know. Well, God forbid. Oh, yeah, that, I mean, oh, yeah that, really. That settles the whole issue. Yeah, right. right. I tell you something we can be proud of, Susan, and uh, if you're a Republican, you're probably going to find a way not to be proud of this, but <laughs> Senator Doug Jones uh, uh, came together with Susan Collins. Yeah, be proud of Susan Collins, then, if you're a Republican and you don't want to be proud of Doug Jones. This is mostly Doug Jones, though. Anyway, Doug yeah, Jones, I'm proud of the bill. Doug Jones pushed to do away with the tax on the widow's benefits mm -hmm. that in other words if your spouse dies in the in the service and you would get a benefit from that that there was tax on that now Jeff Sessions voted for that tax when he was in that seat mm -hmm. uh, Senator Jones has voted and Pat got it passed to repeal that bill that was one of his bills right and this is something that you know, when, when someone decides for the military, of course, it's not only just sign up for the military. You're looking for benefits. Mm -hmm. You're looking for, you know, your college education, your retirement, and all that. But what was happening is that the widows of the veterans who died in service were not getting all of it because they were taxing it. Mm -hmm. How ridiculous is that? <coughs> and I think there was one, two programs you were talking about yeah. that <coughs> if you Excuse qualified for both programs, then they would deduct the second program out of yeah. the first program, so you still got... They're, they're still not getting 100% of the <laughs> benefits, no. but at least the 55% they get, yeah. they're not taxed on. Yeah. Right. Richard Shelby did not vote to approve this no. tax. Yeah, so there have been a couple of different appeal attempts, well, a bunch of different appeal attempts over the last 20 years. Uh, the last couple, I know the Sessions uh, voted <laughs> against the bills that would have repealed the tax right. uh, there. Uh, Shelby did not vote for one of them. Uh, you know, he, he was, was a yes vote on the repeal. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just a, it's a terrible thing. And it's just a, kind of another example of the way that we have, we, we give a lot of lip service to respecting veterans and loving the troops, uh, but we don't often do that. And, and it's nice to see that somebody finally went, you know, from the state of Alabama into, into the Senate and, and did something and about some, this. We're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Suffer the little children, I mean suffer to some. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. The Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years, except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill. 
because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. Merry Christmas to you. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, we are in the Christmas season. Uh, we are just days away from Christmas and we see this as a giving time of year. Mm -hmm. Some people express that in various ways. There is a line that uh, we were discussing the other day from Mark, and, and it's also in Luke, in which Jesus says to his disciples, suffer the little children to come unto me. And when we said that, uh, one of our millennial group said, uh, in Alabama, I think some of our politicians really mean for the children to suffer. It, it, it means to allow the children mm -hmm. to come to him. Don't, don't separate them from Jesus. So this is sort of a part of the, uh, the, the, the gospel that sometimes we seem to believe is being lost. Uh, the social gospel is being lost and that we have so many children in poverty so many people, children in hunger, and yet the state, in my estimation, turns a blind eye. Now, we can argue about how much the state is responsible for that or not, but I think lawmakers insert themselves in so many things in the lives of Alabamians, yet I think they ignore the poor and the poor children. Well, I mean, you were talking about the basics here of having food security having basic health insurance. I mean, you can't ask a four-year-old to go get a job, all right? That's just not possible. And I think as citizens, we have a certain responsibility to take care of some of the more underprivileged, especially the children. But it doesn't seem that, like you said, it seems like they turn a blind eye or they pretend it doesn't exist. But remember too, these children that we've been talking about over the last few months, um, having lunch and breakfast at school, but nothing at home and nothing on weekends, remember, they're gonna be at home for two weeks for the holidays with probably no food. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Well, I mean, Beth, the thing is, you do not have to be a bleeding heart liberal to care about children, poor children, children in need. And study after study has shown us that there's some pretty easy fixes to some of these problems mm -hmm. that are already in place. I mean, that are already available. Right. I mean, when I worked in the legislature, one of the things I worked on was raising the minimum wage because if we can make it where people who are working can at least get fair pay for the work they're doing, that will help their children. I mean, right now, one in three children in the state are born on Medicaid. If we'll fully expand Medicaid, it covers not only our children, but the parents. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of people in the state who say, well, you know, I work hard. I don't want my tax dollars going to pay for some Buddy who's lazy and doesn't work, okay, that's fine, what, whatever. But we're all, or most of us, I think, are a few paychecks away from being in a position where we also need to look towards our neighbors to help us. And I just, I wish that more people would 
turn a compassionate heart, especially this time of year? Well, I mean, Josh, we know for a fact that if you expand Medicaid, mm -hmm. it's going to more than pay for itself. Mm -hmm. you, it's going to bring in lots of money mm -hmm. to the state. And of course, I was talking to a lawmaker the other day, and he said, well, over my dead body, and I went, yeah. That could be arranged. <laughs> well, when I was in the legislature, I think the number was either 600 or 800 people die every year in Alabama simply because we haven't expanded Medicaid. Well, the thing is, is it's very short-sighted, all right? A child that's born into poverty and, and lives with food insecurity, mm -hmm. lives in poverty, is likely to get pregnant, have children, mm -hmm. do all that stuff, and the cycle continues. We have to try to break the cycle. Yeah, um, all of the arguments against this are stupid. Uh, I mean, really, every, they're, every, they're, single uh, every single one of them are dumb, and they're not based in fact, they're not based in reality. Uh, and, and you can go and show people these things. You can go and show them how expanding Medicaid will, will benefit the state tenfold. Uh, you know, in every way of life that you want to benefit. You can show people how uh, the, the welfare that we provide to people, you know, whether it be food stamps or however we want to term it now, uh, how that benefits children and families. And not only that, in turn, benefits everybody in the communities around Yeah, because all uh, that money goes into, goes almost into the economy. 100%. Almost 100% of it goes right back into the economy yeah. there. So you can show these people all this stuff and how if you lift from the bottom, it automatically helps it bring everybody up. They don't care. They, they want to believe what they want to believe. It kind of goes back to the first story that we talked about here where, you know, they want to be fed this nonsense that they want to believe. They want to believe that the lady using the food stamp card at Winn-Dixie is going out and getting in her Cadillac and, dry, you know, talking on her iPhone. It's not what's on her, happening. Yeah, it, yeah. but it's, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, and, and what you're doing is hurting people and kids. And if you want to keep doing it, that's fine, but just know that you're wrong and your reasons well, are stupid. And not only that, but, like, you know, these things that we're providing, whether it's health care or it's food or, you know, those luxury things like that, yeah. um, children need that for healthy development and for their brains to develop. Josh, you're a parent. You know Andy needs things. Yes to grow into a healthy adult. And if she's not getting those, her decision-making is going to be impaired. Okay, we're already overrun on prisons. And you we're can already, blame I mean, that on the parents, on right. the child's parents. You can say, oh, well, why, why aren't the parents doing that? And you know what? That's a fine question yeah, to ask. Question. But, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter. You still have a child here that needs the health care and right. needs the education and needs somebody to care for it. And if their parents aren't doing it, then it's our responsibility to do it. Well, I think you're right. And I think, you know, we, uh, in 2018, over a million people in Alabama voted for a amendment that said that Alabama was a pro-life state. No, and Susan, not. you and I <laughs> have, have talked this to death, but are we pro-life? Or are we simply pro-birth? I have to say, in Alabama, by the laws, if you look just at the laws we have, and the lack of anybody's willingness to, to do anything for these children, we are obviously just pro-birth. And once they're born, once they start to crown, now they're a burden on the state. And yeah. I'll believe that until somebody starts to do something and, and to address these issues. I don't think that you can simply ignore the life of a child, because it is poor, pretend that it doesn't exist, and tell me that you're a follower of Jesus. Because he meant, when he said, suffer the little children to come unto me, that he wanted to bless those children. And protect them. All right. Yeah. So during the Christmas season, 
blessed child. On behalf of everyone here at the V, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday.